voters in Poland cast their ballots in a vote announced by many as historic. The choice was clear. On one side, the ruling law and justice, or Peace Party, and the continuation of its nationalist policies as well as confrontation with Germany and the EU. On the other side, a broad opposition coalition, running on the promise to restore democracy and the rule of law. Polish voters made their choice in national elections on Sunday, giving the opposition, led by former Prime Minister Donald Tusk, a parliamentary majority. If the opposition is able to form a government, the impact on media freedom could be significant. Peace has adopted a strategy of repolonization of the media. In practice, this meant borrowing from the tactics of Viktor Orban in an effort to capture Polish media. The first victim of the peace government's plan was Poland's public service media, which was remade into a propaganda vehicle for peace not long after the 2015 elections. The party also gained control over Poland's National Broadcasting Council. State-sponsored advertising was now diverted to media favoring the new government. Major media groups critical of peace were also targeted with a record number of lawsuits known as slaps, which were intended to intimidate critical journalists. Additionally, in 2021, Peace oversaw the purchase of Polska Press, a media group which manages dozens of regional and local outlets. The purchase was carried out by Poland's state-controlled oil giant, Orlen, which brought Polska Press from German publisher Passa. Following the acquisition, the media group's newly appointed management embarked on a vast venture, aiming to replace journalists or intimidate them into producing coverage less critical of the government according to a report by the Helsinki Human Rights Foundation, a Polish NGO. The government also tried, but failed, amid international outcry, to bring private broadcaster TVN to heel. Heading into Sunday's vote, Poland's opposition parties joined forces, stating that their aim was to unseat the peace government and restore principles of the rule of law and human rights. This includes a plan to depoliticize public service media. Other press freedom issues, however, such as state advertising on the issue or the issue of Polska Press, were less prominent during the campaign. In short, while Poland's opposition parties, which refer to one another as the country's democratic opposition, have promised a firm return to rule of law and media freedom principles, much of their program is still in the air. There are also other challenges. First, peace will in all likelihood remain Poland's most popular political party. It received the most votes to stop by losing its majority. Second, while all three opposition parties have made a commitment to bring Poland back to rule of law principles, political differences on a number of issues such as abortion rights and same-sex partnerships could eventually destabilize the broad electoral coalition. As a result, the coming months will show if words are matched with actions, and if the victorious opposition coalition will, and will be able to, deliver on its promise to fully rebuild media freedom in Poland. You're listening to the latest episode of the MFRR in Focus, a podcast by the Media Freedom Rapid Response, which is also known as MFRR and is a consortium of press freedom organizations from across Europe. In this episode, we're giving the stage to Poland. I'm your host, Karol Wuczka, Eastern Europe Monitoring and Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, also known as IPI and is itself a partner of the MFRR. Today, we're looking at the recent general elections in Poland and what the likely success of a broad opposition coalition means for the country's embattled independent media landscape. To discuss this, I'm joined by Aleksandra Sobczak, 
deputy editor-in-chief of Gazeta Wyborcza, Poland's leading daily newspaper, which has itself supported the opposition's bid for power in the name of restoring full-fledged respect of media freedom in the country. Alexandra, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Alexandra, what are your first feelings following this election? Uh, well, I, I'm relieved, actually, and, and also a bit surprised because I was actually ready to uh, to face the uh, next four years of further authoritarian reforms. Uh, because, well, the, the fight was even. Until the last moment, the ruling party had a real chance to win the elections, and they actually won. But um, as we see in the exit polls, uh, the Democrats, the coalition of three democratic parties, uh, have the majority. So uh, democracy won in Poland, and I'm so happy and I'm relieved because in last weeks, uh, we have heard uh, from the ruling party uh, direct words about what they are going to do with free media. They they were going to like do the same what they did in Hungary, what Orban did. So, yeah, for democracy, free journalism, independent media, it's like it's a huge relief. Yeah, so I'm happy. Concretely, what are the first steps the new government should take with regards to media freedom? Now, the first thing they have to do is to uh, try to repair the judicial system. Uh, it might seem far from the media landscape, but it's not, because you know, through the judicial system, through the authoritarian changes, uh, we've been attacked in media. So, uh, for example, only in Gazeta Wyborcza, we have more than 100 slaps against uh, our journalism and uh, generally our editorial office. So this was a real danger uh, for the free media. These are slaps by businesses or by the government? No, 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 no. Those slaps are from uh, government and uh, institutions connected with the government only. So we don't even count the business slaps. Yeah, it's uh, it's the very, very little amount of them. Uh, we are attacked by the government, by uh, the ministers, by uh, people working in state-owned companies, uh, very closely connected with government. And I, when I when I say more than one hundred slaps, I mean only these. You say the first step is the judiciary. What about the public media? Is this something that will take more time to reform? Um, they will have to do it. It will take uh, a bit more time, uh, but it's one of the priorities. Uh, the public media at the moment uh, work like they used to work in communism. And it, uh, it might uh, sound like an exaggeration, but actually uh, European delegation from the European Union uh, visited Poland just before the elections for a few weeks, and they were examining the situation in our uh, media, and this is exactly what they what they said that uh, watching Polish public television at the moment, uh, like especially in the campaign, is like watching a, a television in the communist regime. The elections were won by a coalition of opposition parties, which have committed to returning and ensuring media freedom in Poland. Isn't there a danger that the current government, led by Law and Justice, could return? as they will likely remain the largest party? Uh, no, I don't think that the danger is uh, visible now. Uh, I think that the coalition, the democratic coalition, will be difficult, but it will be difficult in a way that democracy is difficult. So 
there are three uh, uh, parties uh, or coalitions of parties that differ, but they will be able to negotiate. And uh, what's most important, they they agree uh, in the most uh, important issues concerning uh, democracy and human rights. Now, the only thing that they do not agree, and it will be an issue, is uh, abortion law. So the, within the democratic coalition, uh, there is uh, one force that is against uh, freedom when it comes to women's rights. But when it comes to judiciary system, media freedom, the human rights when it comes to migrants and so on, uh, they agree. So so they, they will be able to rule. I'm sure about that. Another crucial aspect of media freedom in Poland is uh, the state-sponsored advertising of private media outlets. Manipulating this spending to influence coverage was an accusation made against both the current government as well as against its predecessors who are now in opposition. What do you think can be done to durably solve this issue? Uh, I think it, uh, it shouldn't be uh, done uh, in a hurry, uh, to not to make the same mistakes that were done before. So my hopes are for a big reform. Uh, like media funding, public media uh, mostly, because uh, the worst thing that could happen would be just, you know, replacing uh, people working there now by politicians of the parties that uh, are winning at the moment. So this is uh, not what I'm expecting. Do you think that there's a probability for this to happen now in Poland? It's a very difficult question because when it comes to theory, so when we uh, listen to the de democratic politicians' uh, declarations at the moment, we would have to say that no, there is no uh, risk of that. They are uh, so convinced that what was done is wrong. But then comes real life and I'm, I, I just can't be so sure. I have to wait and see. I just hope that they will do it properly with respect towards democratic rules and independent journalism. Coming back to the electoral campaign preceding the elections, uh, this was often commented on as the most brutal campaign in Polish history, which had an obvious influence on media freedom. Do you agree with this statement? Uh, well, I, I, I do agree, but I'm more radical in it. Uh, what I want to say is that uh, these elections uh, weren't fully democratic because of the uh, media problem. Uh, very big amount of Polish uh, citizens didn't have access to uh, to the truth, basically the truth, because you know, what we've seen in uh, Polish public television was just a pure propaganda. And we have to remember that uh, it's not only Polish public television and Polish radio uh, that was doing this propaganda, but uh, two years ago, our uh, ruling party, Peace, um, arranged uh, uh, our state company, Orlen, oil company, to buy a big chain, a chain of 500 media outlets, local outlets. And uh, within those outlets, they organized this kind of softer propaganda. So uh, whole Poland had access to their, um, their politicians giving interviews every day. Uh, the, uh, these media, like both the uh, 500 uh, local outlets and public television and radio, didn't uh, invite uh, opposition, didn't ask questions to the ruling party and, and uh, difficult questions. They were also 
hiding scandals that were revealed by independent journalists. So um, actually, uh, this is a miracle that so much, so many of Poles make made a real effort to look for uh, truth, to look for information, and they just went to elections uh, and voted against the ruling party. So they found out on them on themselves without uh, like mm, government did everything to 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 stop them from having this truth and they still searched for it. So, yeah. You touched upon a very interesting topic, that of Polska Press, a media group running dozens of regional media outlets, which is now owned by the Polish state-owned oil giant uh, Orlin. Are there plans by the new government to sell Polska Press? This is a real, a real issue because uh, there are two aspects of it. Uh, one is that, as I said, Orlen is an oil company uh, that bought a chain of outlets uh, that wasn't they, those outlets uh, weren't profitable nor uh, they they didn't have any like a prospect of uh, great business. So actually, they were helping oil industry. Uh, by those propaganda plans. So this is one aspect. And at, uh, at the same time, they used it against democracy because they used it to spread misinformation um, in Poland. And I, it would be really difficult for me to imagine that some uh, that there is an investor uh, interested in this media outlets that uh, were struggling before uh, this purchase uh, of Orlan. And at the moment, they are just destroyed because um, the real journalists who used to work there uh, were replaced by some friends and family of uh, politicians. So, so it's an open question of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who could buy it? Yeah, and why? I mean, it's like a waste, huge waste of money, and a pity for uh, good uh, for good journalists who used to work there and. Uh, they did a proper job as local journalists and now they they are gone. That is definitely an open question on what will happen now to Polska Press. I wanted to just end this conversation here and asking if there's anything else you'd like to add on where you think media freedom will go now in Poland after the elections. Um, well, I'm uh, myself, I'm just uh, struggling at the moment, thinking about the polarization. Uh, we are seeing in Poland and in other countries. Um, and I think there is a huge job to be done by editors, by journalists to to stop it, yeah, to, to, to repair it, to make people debate again, to make people trust each other again. But I see hope because uh, what I've seen in these elections, uh, in the campaign before, was a great success of a civil citizens, people who are just involved, who are just, you know, they love their country and they want to do good, yeah? Especially, for example, I was observing this movement among young women who are encouraging each other to vote. And I just, you know, with this strength and this inspiration, I think we should, we as journalists, we should think how to, how to repair this society because Poland is torn at the moment and media like, have to contribute to help. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MFRR in Focus. For more in-depth podcast episodes about the state of press freedom in Europe, visit the MFRR website or search MFRR in Focus on your podcast apps. 
The MFR is co-funded by the European Commission. For more MFR monitoring, advocacy and reports, visit mfrr.eu.